Galatians chapter 5. We're just going to read verses 16 through 18 and then jump down to the 25th verse there tonight. Galatians chapter 5, resuming this study. I think we are certainly on the opposite end of the hill of this study. We'll be wrapping it up here before too long. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 say, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not no, do so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Stepping down to verse 25 where he says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And we'll pause there once again and ask the Lord to bless our lesson tonight. Heavenly Father, we're joyful, Lord, always, Father, to consider that you have taught us by your word and that you minister your word to us through your Spirit, Father. Regardless of where the source of the word and its presentation is, Lord, we can trust the Spirit to take just what we need to know, what we need to hear, and it will minister to our hearts, Father, if we'll just listen. Father, help us to cherish, to value, to treasure, Lord, the provision that is the Holy Spirit that you've offered to us. Help us, Father, I pray. Bless this word to us tonight, Father. Be honored by it as we consider it, I ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, up to this point, we've considered a number of errant folks in, well, in this consideration of this book. Uh, Those saints that Paul was given to speak to, those ones who had been instructed by him in grace, had been instructed by him in the truth and in this new covenant and this doctrine that was presented to him as the apostle. But then they were led astray, we understand. We've spoken of it at length. Seven weeks thus far we've considered these things. Uh, There were those certain Jews who knew and believed Jesus, it seems. But they believed that somehow that law of Moses, that Judaic law, however you want to term it or address it, that it was still supposed to be part of the Christian life. And then there were, well, they taught the Galatians to do the same and to believe the same. They were bewitched, we know, Paul asked these Galatians what had bewitched them and what had fooled them. Um, There were other Jews that were involved here that, well, you know, they were still around, those ones who dismissed Jesus altogether. So they certainly threw their hats into the ring, you can be sure. And there were always those ones who would push back on the things of Jesus. And we've discussed all of these, and there are other ones as well. Uh, The theme of the book we also have mentioned a number of times there in Galatians 2 and verse 16. I've read it it frequently. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ and only in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. And so last week we considered... That it wasn't, it's not only, well, the yoke of bondage that he refers to here specifically for these Galatians is that law of Moses and how it was presented and how they had put that back up upon themselves. But it doesn't have to necessarily be merely the law of Moses that we would try to yoke ourselves up with in bondage, that we would trip ourselves up. So, that being said, whatever the yoke might be, whatever the entanglement might be, whatever the situation might be, but putting it in the context of the law of Moses, how about us ourselves now today? 
You know, it was under that age of the law, that dispensation, if you want to use the $10 word for it, but that ministration of the law back then, if that was for them and Jesus was the fulfillment of that law, and I trust that you understand what I mean by that and understand the truth and the value of that, if you don't understand that, by all means get hold of me and we'll explain it as much as is needed. But with Jesus having fulfilled that law, what then are we left with? Uh, it feels holy. It might feel righteous. Again, we've considered it a number of times how, how just merely the, the longevity of the law and its presence and its, well, its own being indelible, recorded in the word and, and, and undertaken by so many. Why is it that this that, is, that seems so right, that was given by God, is put away? What do we have to replace it with? Uh, are we without our own special provision in this age? Well, of course not. Uh, we have certainly the word of God front to back, and we have a special ministration to us in this age of grace, a special means by which we commune and fellowship with the Lord and learn his word and understand not only, well, not only are we able to look at the law that those ones that not everyone was able to look at and recognize fully what was going on there. But we're given the opportunity to look at that and the things that the Lord has presented us in this age that they, that they wanted to understand back in that day. And certainly I, I trust you understand that that is that provision of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's that central and essential direction for us in this age. And he presents it there in verses 16, 18, and 25. And that's what we'll be considering this evening. I'm not sure how long it's going to take us. It might be short. It might be the usual time. But I anticipate it being rather short tonight because it seems to be that as I was preparing this. Galatians 5.16, what does Paul say there? He says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In verse 18, he said, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Making it plain to them that there is a trade-off here. There was an exchange that was intended to be made. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So let go of it. It's a, it's a done deal. It's been swapped. And finally, in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So there are kind of three steps here involved that we're going to consider here. We who live in the Spirit are called to walk in the Spirit as we are led by the Spirit. So let's look at these things just here for a little while tonight. We're blessed to have this capability, as Paul suggests here, to walk in the Spirit. When he says to do something, and he's inspired by the Lord to say this to them and to us as we consider it for ourselves, it's an obvious thing then that we can do this. And if we can do something that the Lord calls for us to do, then we should do something. Walk in the Spirit. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, when you look at what this word walk means here in the Greek, it means specifically, if you break it down, it means literally to trample about. To trample about, to leave steps all over the place. It doesn't necessarily mean directionally, it just means to walk. And so what it typically means when it's applied in Scripture and other places is this broad kind of consideration of being able to walk. The ability to walk in general. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go on a walk from this place to that place. It means to trample about. It doesn't give real specificity in regards to direction and that sort of thing. Just a generalized term. Jesus used it in Matthew eleven five when he said, The blind see and the lame walk. That's what he's talking about. They're capable. They're able uh, to walk. It's a capability 
on their part. It speaks generally. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 4, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's just identifying that capability. And oftentimes it's used in, in kind of metaphor, a metaphorical uh, context. I believe that what Paul is instructing God's people to do here is to live in the spirit that we've been given. Walk in the spirit. All believers have been given a new creation spirit. Once you have been passed from death unto life, you've been split. We've considered this a number of times over the last seven weeks. And again, let me encourage you, if you aren't familiar with that split that comes when you believe the Lord Jesus for yourself, the old creation is still there, it's still present, but it's been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it not, it's not I it, that lives. I'm not going to quote it right. But it's Christ in me that lives on that new creation, that new man. It's a spirit that we have been given, a new creation spirit. He presents that context in our passage there, doesn't he? If you look there in verse 17 of chapter 5, um, where he says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think that there in this passage in verse 16, where it has a capital S there, I think that that could be a lowercase s. It's that new creation that's in us. Not just the Holy Spirit. There is a separation there because our spirit bears witness with His spirit that we are children of God. And you can see the context here. The spirit, if you're... Well, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's that new creation, that old creation all the time. All the time battling one another. Warring against itself. I'm not going to take this much farther. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag as it were. But Brother Dave has been talking about considering those two creations in Sunday school to come. So I don't want to step in on his, on his uh, lessons. But understand that there are two different parts. Two different parts. I've mentioned a number of times Sister Mary back in Sunday school when she was my Sunday school teacher. She put up this flannel graph and I always remembered it. Here's this big strong guy. He was the new creation, you know, flowing locks and just just a tough guy. And well, here's this guy with a big nose and he's all looks like an ogre in his face and and also kind of strong looking. But when the big strong dude was up there and he's flexing, you see in the background the old hook-nosed guy crouched down and slouched like this because the new man, when he is successful, is putting down the old man. But sometimes, she would say, sometimes, well, that flesh, that old creation, when we lean into him, she didn't say lean into him, but she suggested it, when we lean into that old creation, sometimes he flexes. And in the background, you see that, well, that big strong new creation kind of slouching down there's a separation that's there we give it well we give it well we encourage it it's been crucified it's dead to us we don't have to submit and yield to it the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and they're contrary to one another we have this new creation in us that always wants to push back on that but sometimes we submit to that flesh we understand But as we are intended, when we walk in the Spirit, as he says there in verse 16, if we walk in the Spirit, set in this new life, this new creation within us, well, we're called to not fulfill, not complete, not, well, what are some of the other terms that are used? Not satisfy, not um, 
completely top up to the top the old man. That's what he's calling us to do here. The wars against the flesh our spirit does. So as we walk, as we just trample about, as it were, as a new creation, well, as we do so, we're not intended to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're not intended to feed that hook-nosed guy that resides in us still. Well, then Paul goes ahead in verse 18, and he reminds them there in Galatia where they were coming up short. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, then this no longer has any effect on you. Why are you putting yourself back under this thing? Uh, it was 1993, I looked it up to confirm, but do you all remember back in 1993 when that young man was in Singapore? And he was accused, I don't know whatever came of it as far as what they proved or didn't prove, but he was accused of some vandalism or something like that, stealing some signs, maybe damaging some cars. Only 18 years old, so he was old enough to know better, but young enough to be stupid enough to do it. And he was over there, and you know, in the States, you get caught doing something like that, and you have a good lawyer, probably get off with a misdemeanor or something of that sort, but not over there. Singapore, they're pretty, they cracked down on their crime. They said, nah, we're going to give you... A fine, we're going to give you six months in prison, and oh yes, we're going to cane you as well. Do you remember this? The caning that took place? Evidently he did get, well, he did get that sentence of four to six strikes with a cane. And it was substantial is my understanding. I didn't look for any videos because I didn't care to see it carried out. That being said, it wasn't just a spanking that you would maybe receive from your mom or your dad back in the day when that was the sort of discipline that was rendered. It was something damaging, something that was, well, there's no love by the person who was caning you. But the man recognized very quickly that he was under a different set of laws over there, that he had put himself in a position. I've never been to Singapore. It looks pretty clean. looks pretty straightforward. It looks, actually, there's some pretty cool things over there. I don't know that I would want to visit, not because I'm planning on doing anything that would justify me being caned by any means, but it just, you know, I don't, there are other places I'd rather go. But that being said, when you go into some other place, you recognize, if I'm going to go visit, if I'm going to go take part in this, I'm going to put their specific yoke of law I need to bear that up. I need to carry that. And, well, it wasn't just a misdemeanor for this one. It's good to be under a different jurisdiction sometimes. Uh, The Galatian saints were under a different jurisdiction when they passed from death unto life. A new jurisdiction, an overseeing jurisdiction that is found in the Lord. They weren't taking advantage of it. They were going and visiting someplace else and taking on someone else's law that wasn't intended for them. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. They were trying to hang on to a different law, a different jurisdiction there. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. This isn't who who we are, Paul said to the Romans. I missed it. I didn't put it in there. It's Romans 8 and verse 12. We're debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, but if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So that's what Paul's saying there. First off, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Guess what? If you're led by the Spirit, you are a son of God. So the law no longer has any 
push on you. Again, something we've considered a number of different times here. But Paul wants to reiterate when he's giving the option, the alternative, the recourse. When they want so badly to have something, well, something to bear for themselves, it seems. He says you have something better than this old, non-applicable law. You have something more. You're under a different jurisdiction that is better for you. Something that's going to lead you and help you more than that old thing that did nothing but just quantify sin and identify sin and point out sin and all of these things. He says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if you're led there, walk in it. We who are in the Spirit have a new creation. We're all saved who are led by the Spirit. It's a provision that's there for us. That's what Jesus was saying there in John 16. Let's see if I have it right now. John 16 and verse 12. When he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the capital S Spirit of truth, has come, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. We who are in the Spirit have a new creation within. We're all saved. And we're now led by the Spirit. Led by Him. He wants to direct. He wants to guide. The Spirit of truth has come. This was Jesus talking about something that was yet to come. And we recognize as we read Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit did come corporately upon this church. And now we have access to this Spirit. In the days when the law was the authority... Before Jesus came, the Spirit wasn't manifested corporately to everybody, was He? It wasn't something that was, well, receivable to the measure and to the extent that it is today. And that's consistent. We can see elsewhere. You could turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I won't for time's sake. But 1 Samuel chapter 3 says that even the Word, even the Word of the Lord was rare in those days in the time of Samuel. There was no widespread revelation. It was a different time. It was a different well, the Lord was doing things differently, number one. They're, well, where the people won't receive, oftentimes, the Lord doesn't offer in certain situations and circumstances. It was a different age, a different time, a different dispensation, a different means of access to the word and will of God than it is today. Just as it was in the dispensations and ages before that. It wasn't our jurisdiction. Today, all who are His, by Paul's own words... As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Not by the handwriting of requirements, that which he nailed to the cross. Those things that were contrary to us, not by a law that identifies and defines and quantifies and condemns the things in the flesh. Those works of the flesh. Those things, well, the law was given so that sin might abound. But where grace Well, where sin was, grace abounded much, much more, right? And so when Jesus came, grace has abounded. Not only in, well, the blood of Christ, but the spirit that he said was going to come when he left. And that's where we are. That's where we are. As many as are led by the spirit are sons of God. As many as are sons of God have the spirit leading them. The problem being is that not all of those who are led by the spirit will follow. I've been on vacation before. You can turn back to Galatians chapter 5. I've been on vacation before. Where I'm like, we got to go. We have to go this way. We have to go this way. And when you're with the big group, you can lead all you want. Not everyone in that group is going to follow you. 
They, you know, they're going to go do their own thing. They're, you know, it just, it kind of is what it is. You can lead all you want and you can be leading in the right direction and you can actually literally be at the front of the line saying, this way, this way, and be leading. And they say, no, they're going to go slower. They're going to go off a little bit that way. Maybe they'll sit down and rest or whatever the case might be. You can lead all you want to, but not all are going to follow. The Spirit is present. And the Spirit leads. The Spirit is out front. The Spirit is calling. The Spirit is beckoning. The Spirit is in and pointing. The Spirit can be in us in fullness if we'll allow it to be. And can be leading in so many different directions. So many different ways. So many different manners. And yet, God's people oftentimes don't follow. So, we see here back in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25, that third verse there. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This statement here builds on that verse 16 where it says, I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Not the same term of walk is there. It's not saying, uh, well, it, that, well, I'll tell you what that means here in just a moment. But the, the term there, if we live in the Spirit, that is more pertinent to the walking of verse 16 than the walking in the Spirit that we see in verse 25. Let me explain here. If we trample about in the Spirit, if we trample about in the new man, if we exist and live and walk and just are and we're set on a path walking in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. Two different terms there. The second term there that says walk in the Spirit It means ordered steps. It means marching. It's not just trampling about. Anybody who is led by the Spirit, who is a child of God, can trample about wherever they choose and still be a child of God. But there are those ones. If we do trample about, well, shouldn't we trample in the appropriate way, in the appropriate speed, in the appropriate manner, in the appropriate direction? That's what he's saying there. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in it. Order ourselves. Uh, if we live, walk, trample around in the Spirit, let us also hold rank. Let us also march orderly in the Spirit, because the Spirit is that guide and that compass. John, back in John 16 and verse 14, the Lord says, He will glorify me. This is Jesus speaking, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He's a compass that leads us in a manner that the law did not. The Spirit is what draws us to Jesus. The Spirit is what leads us to His easy yokes. Not the yoke of bondage, it just tangles us up. The Spirit is what leads us to realize that if the Lord Jesus has called us to something, we're empowered to pick that yoke up. That His neck is essentially in it with us. The Spirit is the one that clarifies and deepens the Word to us as we study. Helps us to recognize what the Lord is telling us. Helps us to have the motivation to get into the Word. Not just to do anything by well, by habit and by rote, as was the tendency perhaps back under the law. But to actually seek the Lord and seek the Spirit to direct us. And knowing what He has for us to do. Knowing what He has for us to know, even in the very situation. He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He can do that in real time. You understand this. With immediate effect that we can see immediately. We hear testimonies all the time of such 
things. There's a close fellowship that is found in the Holy Spirit that is, I will say, more readily available to us in this age that it's been manifested to us. And so he calls us to continue walking in that spirit, not to go back underneath some yoke, whether it's the law or something else that would draw us away from him. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. Paul called, them, called for them to continue in an orderly walk, an intentional walk, a purposed walk in the right direction, in the right means and manner. And that's what he calls for us to do today. It's what he called for the Philippians to do as well in this familiar passage in Philippians 3 and verse 13. He told them to continue to walk orderly and by the Spirit. He speaks of that, all that prize that we're looking for. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended during my walk as I proceed in the things of God, as I walk orderly. But one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind, whether that be the law, which was a very pertinent thing to, to Paul in the day, wasn't it? He says... As a Jew, he was a Pharisee. He was top shelf, man. I mean, he was, well, he was the top of his class, you might say. He recognized and knew things uh, in the law. He was well studied and well versed. It was absolutely a part of who he was before he found Jesus on the road to Damascus. I think that was part of those things that he left behind, right? One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That prize is the Lord Jesus. That crown that we might cast at his feet when we see him. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, that is. Let us, as many as are mature, who have an understanding, who have studied this out, who have considered this, who has received that spirit and allowed the spirit to mature them. Let us... As many as are mature have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. And guess how? By Spirit. It's, it's not by putting yourself underneath something that's old and no longer applicable. It's not by going to something else that will entangle you, whether it's the law or something else that draws you away from the things of God. No, it's pursuing the things that He has laid out to each of us as those things that He wants us to take hold of and lay hold of. God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Let us be coordinated together. Let us be orderly in our own pursuit, in our own march, as we will go in the direction of the Lord. This is what Paul gives as the instruction for this age. This is what he was giving to the Galatians. Put aside this old stuff. This old stuff, yes, it was presented by God. Yes, it was drawn up by God. Absolutely it was. But so were a bunch of other things that were for their specific time. This is the instruction for this age. You know, it's what Jesus was preparing his disciples for once again. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, he says, he says to them there something that applies to everyone regardless of their age. If you love me, keep my commandments. What he has told you to do by all means. In whatever, whatever manner he has expressed the commandments that are pertinent to you, by all means, lay hold of those things and keep them. He goes on to say, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Because I'm putting this stuff aside. I'm taking care of this, he's, he told them. He was preparing them. This is going to be fulfilled. That he may abide with you forever. 
And he describes him, names him, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. And furthermore, he will be in you. Saints, he was setting them up for the recourse that they would have when the law was to be put aside. He was preparing them while he was still yet present, telling them, the, the expiration date is approaching. I'm satisfying all of this, and this is the provision that I have for you. And then Paul was given the Spirit itself, well, to explain the rest of it, right? To explain and take this and expound upon it to give us an understanding of what was there as he yielded to the Spirit and as we receive the Spirit and are called to understand further as well. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, he said. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Not the law, not the entanglements, not the things that would keep our steps from being orderly. This is what we heed. This is what we are moved by. This is the provision that the Lord has given us for this age. This is the guidance. This is the special thing. This is the provision that is much, much older, much more regal, much, much more powerful, much more impactful than the law ever dreamed of being. The the law is infantile in its age compared to the provision of the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit is led by the Spirit with our steps ordered by the Spirit. That's what He calls us to. And He calls us to receive it in its fullness. How can we not when He spells it out for us and makes so plain? Jesus Himself bearing witness to the provision of that gift. Saints, let me encourage you. Take full advantage. I I know no one's here. I trust no one here is struggling with the things that Moses taught, that what Moses gave to Israel. Might have our own entanglements, however, but we have a provision, and we have power, and we have capability. Take full advantage of the provision and the power that we have in this very special age that the Lord has placed us in and made these things available to us that we might fully bear that fruit that He offers to us, ripe and abundant as we walk in the Spirit by His leading.